Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. If by Hollywood you mean Burbank, across the street from a wiener schnitzel that serves beer. This is two hours of the business end of show business. We do it right here on KEIB, 1150 on your AM dial every Sunday. And uh, it's 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Or uh, wherever you are in the world, those are Pacific times. You can listen to the show live on iHeart. Radio, your iHeartRadio app, and the podcast version of the show comes on a little later, comes live later on. And today, we're looking at July 1st, Sunday before uh, July 4th. So this is a big July 4th weekend. Sam, what are you doing? You got any patriotic plans? Uh, the usual barbecue. Uh, going to be going to a, a buddy's house that has, he's like right by where they do the fireworks uh, here in Burbank. And yeah, just going to enjoy some time with the family. You're a great American. Very patriotic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Vandals are playing tomorrow, our Independence Eve show that we do. We used to do it all the time now. Uh, this is our first time back since the pandemic with the uh, Pomona Glasshouse in, uh, in Independence Eve celebration of America and punk rock. Uh, you don't even try to buy tickets, Sam. It's sold out. So I was thinking of just sneaking in like with a – a packet of Mentos in my pocket and like trying to <laughs> trying to see if I can sneak in as one of like the crew and set something up. That only works on TV. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, oh, so the Vandals are going to play it on a cruise ship in November, going out of Miami into the Belize and the uh, Mayan uh, Riviera. But uh, that's sold out, too, so don't even try that. If you add that all up, the average price to see the Vandals is now – I added it up before from when, when we play these festivals, um, when we started to play so many festivals. It was like $170. I mean this is like – we got boycotted once for having the first $5 show in Flagstaff, Arizona. I know this because I still have the flyer up from the boycotters. They made flyers, passed them out. So don't go to this show. This is the first $5 show there's ever been in, in, in Flagstaff, and that's an outrage. It might have been $6. But this was during the Depression when most, most shows were $0.25, cents. so it, having, having said that, you know, maybe we were exploitative. Now, what else we got? You can see uh, – oh, you can see the Sweet and Tender Hooligans at the – that's a big commercial for my, my music career right now. Music <laughs> career. Uh, at the Sweet and Tender Hooligans are playing at the Orange County Fair at the Pacific Amphitheater, July 29th. There's still tickets available for that. That's fun. Um, and there, I'm talking about music because there's a um, there's a letter from the, – there's, there's something in the industry. We'll get to the movies, but let's start with a little bit of music since it's on my mind. 
There's a letter in the uh, called the Bob Lefsetz letter, and it's an industry newsletter from this, you know, analyst named Bob Lefsetz, and it's always interesting. It's very uh, hypercritical and truthful, maybe you would say. Um, it's it's a little bit political, um, so like. You know, when I see that like half the stories in something are, are influenced by the person's personal politics, I, I usually unsubscribe because like oh, I don't have time for this. But um, this one, a recent one, says the 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 movie business is irreparably irreparably um, damaged. It'll never come back. The TV business is, I mean, is jacked up. You got the writers. Guild strike. We'll talk about a little bit about that today. We haven't really touched on that in a while. Uh, the streamers are losing money. Everybody's losing money except for Netflix. And the legacy networks are losing customers every day. But music, Sam. Music is fine. That was the essence of the letter. And if you're complaining about music, you just don't really know what's going on. And you just get out of the way because although everybody thought the end of the world was, you know, the, the reduction in sales of, of CDs and then streaming came and we thought that would be the end of the industry. But uh, streaming, although it pays, you know, pennies, but the pennies add up and the demand for concert tickets is insane. Have you bought concert tickets lately, Sam? Have you checked into them? No, I haven't. I've seen the prices on a bunch of the shows, and I have avoided them as right. much as possible. Although I have had some people asking me if I want to go and see a couple shows. Now, those those um, high ticket prices. I mean, you can say that Live Nation is, um, you know, ripping everybody off, but it's a high demand. It's just it's basically comes down to high demand. People are willing to pay these prices, so that's what the prices are going to be. Um, could Ticketmaster be more transparent in their fees? Sure. Uh, do they charge too high of fees? Well, what's too high if the market will bear it? That's the problem. Um, there's a, an organization called Fix Ticket Fix. Or it's not a speeding ticket fix thing, like fix the tickets. And they are um, gathering support to talk to uh, lawmakers and say, look, you gotta, you, you, you've got to be more fair in the ticket prices. But I mean, in the ticket fees, well, the problem with ticket fees are this, like, in a high ticket price, these ticket fees are high and people are like already going to pay a lot of money. So they just go, okay, they just swallow it. But then there's this mid-level world and that's kind of the world the Vandals are in. It's like, you know, you're charging $25, $30 for a concert, a uh, House of Blues ticket or something. And then the, the uh, ticket um, fee on that you know, puts it up another $15. And then pretty soon, you know, it used to be like, well, my wife and I will go. It's going to be $60. Pretty soon it gets over $100. And then you just don't go. You don't go to very many. Um, but the answer, the free market answer to that would be, well, those bands should write better songs um, or make better records or, you know, have better marketing. I don't know. But it, it is, um, it's an issue. And, and fix the ticket is the agency. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up because they're going to go after um, the legislators and try to get some more at least transparency in these ticket fees. Anyway, sorry, it's a little bit boring. But the um, in general, 
like I had a conversation with a guy uh, a couple days ago, and he said, I said, hey, let me send you this song on uh, Spotify. I wanted to send him a song by a guy named Dave Carter. And if you look up Dave Carter on Spotify, you will see this music that I really like. And I discovered on my own in the middle of the night while researching ancient aliens and found a, a guy that's as good as Cat Stevens or uh, John Prine or any of the, these great um, songwriters. I wanted to send it to my friend. He goes, I don't use Spotify. I go, Why not? Because um, I heard they don't pay the artists fairly. I'm like, well, I'm an artist. I'm happy. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not thrilled, but I'd rather that they, they paid more. Yeah, but do we really know? Are we? Am I really equipped to tell the guy who who created Spotify, which is a miracle, like a technical, modern, uh, uh, high tech miracle, being able to provide all these songs in such a great platform? You know, every song in the world, just about every Vandal's catalog song. I, am I really equipped to say, hey, you are paying the artist unfairly? I'll bet that guy loses money every year. I mean, the, the company loses money. And this guy didn't believe me. How could they lo not lose money? I mean, Joe, how could they lose money? You're full of it. I'm sitting here telling him this company is like, I don't know. I'm not saying they're totally fair or generous to artists. But can we really say, well, I'm going to boycott you? And and, and, and right when, I think when you're saying to somebody, yeah, I'm going to boycott you. I'm going to take money away from you. And I hope your family starves. I mean, it's almost like that. Like, you, you better have a good reason for that. I don't have enough information to say that this guy who uh, uh, started Spotify is ripping off artists. So I said, the guy loses billions of money, dollars every year. So the guy doesn't believe me. He looks it up on the internet while he's standing there to you know, get the better of me. And he realizes, yeah, the company loses millions and millions of dollars every year. Um, so what, so uh, is it, are they losing all that money because they're not paying artists enough? So we really don't know. But in the meantime, if you're not using Spotify, um, I mean that's that's pretty sad for you because if he's losing money, then then it's underpriced as a product. So why don't you use it? You know, kind of like Amazon. You're getting all this stuff. They're making money now, but for a while they're not, they're not losing money just so they could build a business delivering stuff to you. So if you don't use it then, and then when they jack up the price later, who's the fool now, Sam? Yeah. So in any case. Um, the, the point of this this uh, article by Bob Left Sets in this segment is that the conventional wisdom is music is fine and it's everywhere and people are getting paid and film and TV are messed up. How much time we got? Uh, let's take the break. Let's check the traffic and we'll come back and we'll talk about this week's box office, all kinds of stuff going on. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood by Hollywood and me, Bourbon. All right, let's go to the box office. The box office this weekend. Um, hotly anticipated release. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny does $60 million. Uh, it's a $13,000 per theater. Um, I mean, I, you know what? It, it, it does another 70000 overseas. It'll probably get to 82000 by the end of the 4th of July weekend. But Sam, this movie cost $295 million to make. So um, maybe Bob Lefsetz is right. I mean, this is an upside down business. So they make 150, 160, 170 by, by uh, July 4th. And then, um, and then it'll drop off next week. Word of mouth is not that great on it. Uh, so it's going to lose money. And it, it's... 
Um, is a Disney. It's distributed by Disney. I don't know when you watch it. It's got Paramount written all over it. I don't understand. I haven't really got into who owns everything on this thing now, but um, it's. Uh, did you see it, Sam? No, not yet, but definitely on the list. And from what I understand, it left a much better taste in the mouth of basically every Indiana Jones fan and Harrison Ford himself. So uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, then the I'll, last. I'll put some. Then, then, then the last cut, like the Crystal Skull, and the one before that. And stuff. Yeah, no, Crystal yeah. Skull was just uh, not good, and this one apparently has uh, it redeemed the series. So I'm definitely going to give some money to that movie. Yeah, I would say it redeems the series somewhat. I saw it uh, yesterday. Oh no, I saw it on Friday. You know me, opening weekend. I'm just so in dialed in. I saw it at the Alamo Theater downtown. Nice. Just if you have never been to the Alamo Draft House downtown in downtown Los Angeles. You should go there to see a movie. It's it's a great, whether it's a date night or I was just by myself, and they're bringing me chocolate shakes and bottomless popcorn. And you can have a, a gourmet meal there too, and they'll bring you your candy, and you just give them more money than you normally would. So that um, it's my uh, commercial for the Alamo Draft House, but. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I would say it was good enough. Um, good enough. It had it, it's plenty of fun. Oh, oh, Harrison Ford is is de-aged in the beginning part, hmm. and and it looked really weird. I mean, sorry, it looked really good, not weird. It looked really good, and then later he's himself and he's old. And then he's a little old, you know. And, and and but there was very few moments where you thought, oh, he's too old to do that. I, I thought he did a great job. Uh, so it's it's kind of sad that it's going to um, lose money, but it's the end of the franchise. So, you know, at, at least they end on a high note of quality, and I think it'll live. You know, people will watch this movie on streaming, and if they don't go to the movies, people don't go to the movies. You know, that's I. I, I it's not, not they won't listen to me, and I'm running out of steam telling people you should go to the movies. Uh, I get it why you don't go, but. Um, I still like going, and I had a, a great time. And the Alamo makes it even more fun than ever. This is the best movie experience you'll ever you're ever going to have at the Alamo Draft House, because it's just such a high quality movie experience. It's as good as it's going to get. I mean, if it gets any better, it's creepy. Like, oh, what about couches? You know, I don't want to see you on a couch at the movie theater. But it's uh, you know reclining seats, a table there, uh, craft cocktails, uh, people who curate like really good quality movies. They have the indie movies there that I don't get to see in Orange County that much. And I guess I said I was going to be done talking about the Alamo, but here I am. So let's go to number two, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You and I both saw that. Yep. Um, it's only dropped off 39% this week, and it's up to $339 million, doing very well. Elemental, still hanging in there, probably won't make any money. That's the Disney uh, Pixar movie. Um, no Hard Feelings, seems to be doing great. $29 million. For an R-rated comedy from Sony Pictures, uh, dropped off 50%. Um, Transformers, eh, who cares? Then number six, uh, Rudy Giuliani's Teenage Kraken. Number seven, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, probably won't make any money. The Flash, it, it's kind of a failure. $99 million for The Flash after eight weeks. Not a bad movie. Asteroid City, pretty good movie. I saw that last week. Uh, Wes Anderson film. If you like Wes Anderson films, you'll love it. If not, 
then you'll just go big deal. Guardians of the Galaxy still number ten. That's that's a juggernaut. Three hundred fifty-four million. Um, Indiana Jones, uh, the director is James Mangold because it was going to be directed by um, Steven Spielberg. At some point, it got handed off to this Mangold guy, and uh, he promptly um, wrote out a story about him. They decided how are we going to get rid of Shia LaBeouf, mm. um, and why do they want to get rid of Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> I mean, I guess there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is well, he's he's a rough person. I mean, Shia LaBeouf played Indiana Jones uh, Mutt, his son Mutt, right in the Crystal Skull, and in this movie, um, he's dead. That, that's not really a um, spoiler, is it, Sam? Is it the first you're hearing that he's dead? I mean, he, we all know he's not in it. So yeah, no, I matter? I had no idea, but honestly, I. I, I chose to ignore that movie, so it, he well, he wasn't alive to begin with. Yeah, so he um, he he said some stuff about uh, Spielberg, like he's saying, you know what, I don't, uh, this uh, movie uh, didn't really, you know, he's like he's got some stuff like why it didn't come together, uh, the last movie and. Working for Spielberg was very disillusioning. He's not really a director anymore. He's just an effing like company. <laughs> so he's a consulting uh, Steven Spielberg, and that might be true, but that's that's a good way to get written out of the movie. So he's not in it. Uh, but uh, I won't give any more spoilers about it. it it's it's good enough. It, it, it has a twist in it that that makes it fun, and it's not, you know, it's not super complicated, but it gets a little weird. And uh, I enjoyed it. Um, remember when I was telling um, you last week about Barbie? Yeah. And how the, the Mattel executives were a little worried that it might be too adult. Uh, of a, of a, you know, it just like it's not really going to sell Barbie dolls because it's a little too adult. Yeah. Well, I guess the um, uh, the COO of such so chief operating officer of Mattel, Richard Dixon, and president of Mattel, actually flew to London where the movie was in production, specifically to argue with the director and leading lady. He apparently felt that this, that a scene in the movie was off-brand for Mattel. So this is their big concern so much that he got in a plane. He said, look, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's weird that – I mean I guess he's licensing. He goes, All right. How much money are you going to give me? All right. We're going to give you uh, – Three million plus in box office to use the word Barbie. Let's say that's the number. Maybe it's ten million. Okay, but I mean, if you're the producer of the film, you're like, but you can't tell me how to make the movie. I'm licensing a product from you. Okay, but just don't do this. She can't have sex. Can't be like Team America uh, lost scenes. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, stuff like that. But um, at some point, you know, I think Mattel, whoever negotiated this deal, and again, they didn't call me. Um, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got, let it get out of hand. 
so now it's off brand and they're they're very worried about it. To me, it looks like a great movie. I don't buy Barbies. I'm never going to buy a Barbie. I never have bought a Barbie, but I see movies and I like Marco Robbie and I like um, that, whoever that guy is. It's in it. The, the blonde that everybody loves. <sighs> see, I want to say Ryan Reynolds, but then there's that other guy that, that, that I get him confused with. So whatever. I like Greta Gerwig, the director. I'm going to go see it. But um, yeah, they're a little bit worried. Uh, Letterboxd. You see any films this week, Sam? Uh, no, let's take the break and we'll talk about it in the next segment. Uh, I saw some black exploitation. We'll uh, we'll we'll uh, get into that when we return. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. All right, and a uh, happy uh, July second to everybody. Sunday, and uh, we're talking about Hollywood because that's what we do. Uh, I love that music from Nacho Libre. Sam, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I um. I'm a volunteer to – I'm the altar boy at all the funerals at my church, and my funerals are in a Mexican neighborhood. And as soon as they start, like they start with the uh, priest sprinkling the casket, and there's Mexicans everywhere. Um, so it has such a Nacho Libre vibe, and he sprinkles the casket. He turns around. I start walking. I'm holding the water, and I'm the first guy to march down the aisle. And um, then the band strikes up, the mariachis. And I always feel like I'm in an episode of Nacho Libre, <laughs> so twice a week. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, I know it's a solemn occasion, but it just starts with me thinking about, you know, the little boy saying, like, couldn't we ever have just like a salad? <laughs> um, so uh, Barbie, let me get back to Barbie. What about that marketing campaign for Barbie, Sam? What about it's everywhere. it? Uh, yeah, Everywhere. absolutely. There's buses. There's a restaurant in New York. Uh, there's it, it, it. People are are marveling at the marketing campaign. So although Mattel might be a little squeamish about the off-brand nature of this adult comedy, evidently an adult comedy, people are talking about it. I'm talking about it. Uh, one of the largest uh, audiences in all of radio, and you know, I don't think they got too much to complain about. But if they wanted a uh, and if they didn't want to be off-brand, I don't know. Maybe they should have made a better deal. Call me next time. Okay, so Letterboxd. Um, Letterboxd is the app I use to keep track of the movies I watch, and you can share the playlist with you or my, my diary, where every movie I watch all year long is in that diary. And it helps me so much to remember these movies because I, I get more out of them if I remember them because otherwise I forget them the next day, and I mean, that's kind of a waste of 11.25. Um. Why is it 11:25? Because I'm the, I'm in the, you know, the discount club or whatever it's called, the Cinemark uh, Platinum member. So uh, I saw. We talked about the the big ones, Indiana Jones, um, but I also watched. Uh, I, I got on a black exploitation clip uh, kick, and I watched. Um, I escaped from Devil's Island. Ooh, well, are these like what, some of those old school ones that were like filmed in the Philippines? Yeah, oh yeah, this is definitely filmed in the Philippines. 1973, starring Jim Brown. Oh, legend! And a, 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 definitely a legend. Um, 
And then uh, it was made to – it's an escape from a, a penal colony. It was like a real penal colony in, in French Guiana. And it was made to capitalize off the success of Papillon. Uh, so uh, uh, let me just tell you. A black exploitation film is a black exploitation film. There's a lot of violence, a lot of sweaty characters, and uh, a lot of uh, trash talking. Um, I, I can definitely re recommend uh, Escape. I Escape from Devil's Island. The other one I watched was Isaac Hayes in Truck Turner, also starring uh, Nichelle uh, Nichols as a pimpstress that runs a tight stable of foxy whores. Um, and Isaac Hayes is a bounty hunter. Now, if you see these movies, this is 1974. You see these movies and you see a black guy with a gun and some action. They're called black exploitation. And it's a whole genre. And one time, my first job on a TV show, my career was as an art assistant on a show called Ice T V. So Ice T sat in a mansion in like a talk show scenario, and he invited people like Ice Cube um, and uh, these actresses and actors that were on these black exploitation films in the 70s, and they would just talk about them. And, uh, Super fun. Now, can you watch that show now? No, you can't. Why? Because it was run by – it was on HBO. And uh, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers. And at the same time, they were having these um, – they had this really famous shareholders meeting where people wanted to know why is Warner Brothers allowing music like Ice-T's Cop Killer to be released? And what's next? Fireman Killer? That was a vandal song that didn't really work. Um, same way. <laughs> Uh, 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 coming up on our next album is a first responder killer. Paramedics, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, paramedics slash first responder killer. So is the real title of the whole thing. Um, so that and to punish Ice T, they just scrapped the whole show. We we shot a bunch of episodes. I have some of them on 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 VHS. I'm gonna put them on YouTube someday. See what happens. Um. So uh, yeah, black exploitation films. If you if you if you um, never heard of the genre, oh, of course, check it out. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw a, a more recent film that was a spoof on the black exploitation genre it was Black Dynamite. Oh yeah. Well, what about um, uh, Eddie Murphy and Dolomite? Oh yeah, for sure. But that was more of a documentary style. Yeah, uh, that's the, a biopic. Yeah, but. Uh, Black Dynamite's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like yeah, there's I mean, there's specific parts in it where they were referencing other moments in black exploitation films, like the character reading the stage direction as dialogue. That's like um the president of the United States does that. Yeah. Um that like, became yeah, art like, art becomes real. He was told to, you know, read the line sarcastically and he says the word he goes, sarcastically, I'm in charge. Sarcastically, I'm in shock. <laughs> Michael Jai White, Arsenio Hall, Tommy Davidson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't seen that one in a long time. That's a 2009 movie. So I would recommend Black Dynamite and um, uh, Dolomite. Yeah. With Eddie Murphy. And then any of the, like, you know, Blackula or um, uh, Dolomite movies, the, the real ones from from the old times. Oh, it was fun. I like them. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, let me get into some. Oh, Jonathan Majors, the movie star um, from what's it called? The Wasp and the 
Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. I mean, how good was he in that movie? He was outstanding. And then, what's the other movie? Oh, Creed. He was in, like, right before, simultaneously released somewhere around that time. He was great in that. And then we found out he uh, he's accused of, be- of beating his girlfriend, and then she's uh, going after him in court. And um, now the Rolling Stone, Sam, has said, let's go after this guy. And they've interviewed 30 people that used to know him. Sorry, 40 people. Wow. Did they interview you? No, I didn't know him. Oh, okay. A lot of people. So we know they're not interviewing everybody, you know, and just saying people they know. They didn't interview you. They didn't interview me. But they didn't get to the creme de la creme. I mean, come on. Um, So so they said – that the gist is they described him as volatile, unpredictable, moments of anger um, prone, and emotional abuse that he would hurl around, occasional violence. And then some people, his lawyers are saying, like, yeah, it's part of his role. Everyone knows he's an intense method actor. So if he's going to do uh, an intense role, sure, he might choke his girlfriend, <laughs> but it's all part of the process. You know, and it's about the work at the end of the day. So um, he's facing a trial. I think it comes up in August about choking his girlfriend. So things don't look good for him. But uh, that's a lesson to you kids that listen to the show. Don't beat your girlfriend. Let's take a break and we'll come back more with Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank. Uh, back to the music business, Sam. We talked about earlier in the program being um, actually in surprisingly good shape as far as you know, streaming levels and people engaged in music and people just – music is everywhere. You put up, Now you, you make a post on Instagram or whatever and they give you these choices of what kind of music you might want to put on your post. That music gets paid. That, the artists for those things get paid. So, uh, so many different ways to monetize music. I think that is what, what's driving the feeling that music is music business is doing well, and the movie business, you know, is just you know just presiding over a decline. The same with TV, and this is contrary to my career trajectory, where I I got into TV, and then I, I then then I started a record label after a few years in television and. And um, then I watched the record business kind of go down in flames, and then I got back into TV, which now I watch go down in flames as the music business goes up. But I still have, you know, a couple irons in the music business fire, so I'm not going to starve to death. But um, one interesting uh, note in this new analysis is Warner Brothers is contemplating selling off. Uh, half of its movie music catalog. So there, it might be, um, it's either like, it depends on the price, but it's a good time to buy music because it seems to be going up. But do you really want a a movie music catalog? Like that's, I mean, movie music does generate royalties when it's performed on network TV and other places that fill out these cue sheets. Anytime a movie is played on TV, uh, it, it, a cue sheet is filled out, and the cue sheet 
any kind of music. The cue sheet says what time, what the duration was of the music that was played and what kind, was it a background, non-vocal? Was it a background vocal? Was it a theme song? It's all put in this cue sheet and that cue sheet is the key to getting paid for the musicians, um, the composers, basically. Um, so if you're buying a, a movie catalog, these are songs that were written by movies and they're in the movies and they generate some income. But um, Warner Brothers is trying to re reduce their debt. So they're, they're selling off their music. Sony, on the other hand, has started a music division. Sony Television has said, we're starting a music division. Um, I'm not exactly sure what, they're, what that means, but um, they're getting into the music business. The Vandals are definitely um, putting out a new record. I never say that we're putting out a new record because we, we haven't put out a record in 20 years. But now we are putting out Sam. I can announce on this show for the very first time. Uh, we're putting out an AI record. Really? Yeah. All the music is being written by AI. Yeah. All right. And and the prompts and the input in this record are the songs from from our peak period when we were young and beautiful. The theory is this. Who wants to hear a Vandal song written by uh, a Vandals in their 60s? We all know what that's going to turn out like. But what about if, what if we could go back in time, Sam? What if? And record and record music that was written back in time <gasps> when we were at our peak. That's what people want. How come your songs don't sound like the old stuff? The old stuff is the best, the people say. So through the magic of, uh, what do you call it? Altered reality? What does AI even stand for? Uh, I... I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we all forgot. Um, artificial intelligence. <laughs> artificial intelligence. Through the magic of artificial intelligence that can go back in time, uh, I present to you, Sam, a Vandals album uh, written when you used to get laid, basically. <laughs> and that's was, what you're looking for, really. Yeah, it was a long-ass time ago. So uh, <laughs> that's the plan. It's fun. And it's all about the prompting. You're just like, okay, now put this song in there. Like, uh, make it more like this song. Make it more like that song. Now, could we do this ourselves? No. Because we would be tainted by, yeah, but, you know, I have so much more to add to it now. That's the old stuff. Let me let me put in some new, uh, darker, more introspective uh, flavors into this music that, that reflect a little bit more about where I'm at right now in my life. I have an idea to go along with this, to make it so that the the Vandals can continue performing in perpetuity. Let me hear it. Because if you're going to have AI create the songs of that you guys would have made in your prime, why not have you guys release videos and have performances as as animation? Yeah, I think that is in the in the cards. I think I think we're on our way to that. Um, or even, uh, what's it called? Holograms. Yeah. Holograms, um, AI people, uh, robots, um, you, the vandals don't have to die. Uh, in, and nobody, nobody does, I guess. I mean, I saw Tupac go at it at Coachella. I was convinced, but, um, but that's down the road right now. Let's let's put out a record. We're going to record these things ourselves. Okay, that's a, that's the a thing though. 
we're not going to have robots record these things for us. Or, oh, that's a drum machine. No, it's going to be Josh Freese playing the drums. It's going to be Joe Escalante playing the bass. Dave Quackenbush is going to sing these songs. Warren Fitzgerald's going to kick out the licks on the guitar. But these songs were written by us 25 years ago. That's when they were written. And then we can write as many songs as we want 25 years or 30 years ago. In fact, we could write 100 albums in a day. So the only problem is not going to be no Vandal songs. It's going to be too many Vandal songs. So, um, but I say that, you know, you, that, that's like a unsophisticated description of what AI can do. It's really hard to get AI to do what you want it to do. Some um, lawyers got in trouble for having an AI system write up one of their cases for them. Yeah, I mean, no, AI can write a good legal brief, I would say. You got to go through it. And um, but an AI cannot write a song on its own that's any good and usable. You have to. It's all about prompting. So like a prompting engineer is the job of the future. You have to prompt these AI things with the right material. And um, it's hard. But when you're trying to do something that's impossible, going back in time, that's what we're doing. I don't know. I don't know what other people are doing with AI. That's what we're doing with it. So um, because, are you guys uh, going to come out of a know, DeLorean on stage just to make like when you guys release this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when or we a play giant live, phone we, probably, booth. <laughs> we, we might not play these songs, or just maybe one or two of them. Like if we released a new record, we would only play one or two of them because, I mean, how, which songs are you going to cut out to play these? We'll play a couple, but um, the song, the show will stay the same, but we'll, we will release new music and uh, the robots will get better and better at it until you will feel that, that we did go back in time. You would say, how is, how is this possible? Why do I love this song so much? Oh, that's pretty cool. We got? This is ridiculous. We got about a minute. Okay. Um, so anyway, that's a. I guess that's an announcement for the three people that listen to my show. I that's used to. A, we were that's keeping a really this a cool secret. announcement, been, though. Come on. <laughs> we, we we were we, we've been working on this for like three years. Um, but I was dealing with the top AI companies, the the biggest names in AI. The geniuses, I got to talk to all these people because I said, hey, look, the Vandals are going to release this record. Help us. And they were so excited that a, a real band with a publishing catalog that owned their own publishing could do this experiment. Um, but I couldn't get them. You know, all these companies fall apart and people leave. And then in that time, they have made AI uh, software more accessible to people like us where we say we don't need you. We're, gonna be, we're using this AI technology on our own instead of using your AI company. So that's what we're doing right now is is messing with the software to try to make uh, uh, the songs exactly uh, as we um. – is that the end? The end of the hour? Yeah. Holy cow. All right. So that's a big AI announcement. I'll see you guys uh, Monday at the Glass House, and I will leave you now with just a taste of the oh, greatest song ever written. And don't forget to go to the Punk Rock Museum website and sign up for my tours July 20th to the 23rd. That would help. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.